welcome to another episode of Casey Van Etzen Sports Talk Podcast. I am Casey Van Etzen, and I'm sitting down with the managing director for the National Independent Soccer Association, Mr. Ron Patel. Ron, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Hey, Casey. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me on. In a brief summary, tell us more about yourself, where you come from, college experience, and the different experience you've had working around sports. All right. Well, the, be careful what you wish for, Casey, because that could be a long answer. So I'll, I'll try to give you the short one. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was born in, born in England, born in Liverpool, England, a mile from the historic soccer stadium Anfield. So I've been a Liverpool fan my entire life. Um, been around soccer my entire life uh, as a fan. Um, in 2013, I started a semi-pro soccer team called the Albuquerque Soul. Mm -hmm. uh, that played in the United Soccer League's Division Two, which was called PDL. And I uh, did that for five years, went on to start a professional team called New Mexico United. They play in the USL Championship Division, which is sanctioned as second division in U.S. soccer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we got that off the ground. We it took a year to really build the team up. Um, and then the first year, we, we set a bunch of records and attendance, and sponsorship, and, and uh, merchandise sales and marketing categories. We had a really, really good year. So that's what caught the eye of a couple people um, mm -hmm. that, that ended up trying to recruit me. And so I was asked to go visit Rio Grande Valley, Texas. And my first question was, where the heck is Rio Grande Valley, Texas? <laughs> and so after looking it up on a map, I realized where it was and I saw South Padre Island. I was like, ooh, that looks nice. And so we, we went out to check it out. And uh, Mr. Alonzo Cantu was the gentleman who, who uh, flew me out there. And uh, got to know him a little bit, understood kind of what his vision was for the sports teams in the Valley. And um, just really kind of admire what, you know, you, you, it's so hard to not respect someone that's a self-made person uh, like, like Alonzo Cantu, who just did so many, uh, just worked his butt off his entire life, right? Um, mm -hmm. to, to get to where he is, but he doesn't sit back and flaunt it or anything like that. You know, he, in fact, he doesn't want the recognition for a lot, a lot, a lot of things he does people don't even know about. Um, that he does for that community and so it was really admirable to see someone that started you know uh, at, at the bottom so to speak and worked his way up to be so successful so I, I admired that about it and then just the opportunity to work in that stadium for the Toros and and mm -hmm. uh, and just do all that was just just kind of irresistible uh, unfortunately due to some personal reasons I had to move back uh, to New Mexico a few months ago and so I did have to step down from my position and uh, came back to New Mexico, and I've been back now about three months. Uh, my current position is working with, uh, it's called NISA Nation. So NISA stands for National Independent Soccer Association, you said. So I'm building out a kind of a national amateur program that feeds into their professional league. And so okay. there's high-level amateur teams from all around the country um, that we're putting into this league and building that out from the ground up. So there's the short answer that I promised you. You don't want the long because we'll be sitting here for hours. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now let's talk about uh, your time with the Albuquerque. So you were the co-founder and the president. What was the process for you as co-founder and president going into your first major job in sports and seeing it now where it stands? Yeah, so I'll use the word job loosely because it was a small business, right? It was a sports mm -hmm. team, yes, but we were starting a small business. So I was a small business owner trying to figure out how 
to run a sports business. I'd ran other businesses before. I had a food delivery business for 10 years and I'd ran some other businesses. And so I was thinking to myself, all right, so how do I get, um, how do I do this? The, how much athletic tape do we need for the players' ankles? How many jerseys do we need for the players? How much ice mm-hmm. do we need? How, what, 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 how often do we need to rent practice fields so they can train and be ready for that game day? What's the travel? How much are they going to eat on the road? There was all these things, right, that we didn't know. And you, yeah, just, you, sure. don't, you, you don't know what you don't know. So, so we learned by trial by fire. We lost a lot of money that first year. Uh, but we learned along the way. So by the time we got to year two, year three, you know, at first people were surprised that we were still going because a lot of sports teams have come and gone from Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Similar to the Valley, right? There's been some, some teams go. It seems like more so than not though in the Valley, it was the league started to fold instead of the teams folding. Um, but mm-hmm. in Albuquerque, it seemed like the teams would just fold. So we are kind of on an island out here in terms of travel. There's not a lot of mm-hmm. densely populated areas near us. We're seven hours away from Denver six hours six and a half hours from phoenix uh four hours from el paso that's the closest city uh but yeah it was it was a tough go we figured it out so it took about three and a half to four years until we became like financially stable um but we got it done yeah now your time with new mexico united being vice president of sales and partnerships and then chief revenue officer how was the transition from a minor league team to a professional soccer team? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the foundation of it was, was there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I built the foundation for those first five years, but obviously going from a general admission high school stadium, yeah. trying to sell, sell that to a, um, you know, 13,500 seat professional baseball stadium, which is where we were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having, having to convert that field from a baseball field to a soccer field. Um, yeah. And then having to sell the tickets and the sponsorships, it was just a, a much more daunting task. Now, fortunately, we had a lot more resources at the professional mm-hmm. level than we did at the amateur level. So at the amateur level, we were, it was crazy to be me and Larry, this one other guy, and then a whole bunch of interns. And we got yeah. them from the university here, University of New Mexico. Um, from beyond there, um, it was, we had, we had some people, we had to, but it had to be the right people, right? It had to be people that weren't just there for themselves. It was for people that were there for, um, for a multitude of reasons, but really that were there for New Mexico. They wanted New Mexico to succeed. So I think that was, uh, that was the toughest part, was just understanding that, yeah, we had more resources, but it's a heck of a lot more work, right? Working in, yeah, sports, sure. working in sports is not a nine-to-five job. It mm-hmm. is nights and, it's nights and weekends. And the second you think mm-hmm. you're done at five and you can go to the bar and hit happy hour, you don't need to be in sports. Go get a, go get a mm-hmm. nine-to-five. <laughs> yeah. After that, you moved to the Rio Grande Valley and was not only the president for Golden Grape Entertainment, but also the president of the RGV Toros in the United Soccer League. How did you cope with the many responsibilities with both positions? It was very hard. You know, it, it's uh, looking back, hindsight being 2020, it was, it was probably a job that was too big for one person. Um, and it was just a lot, right? Because we oversee the, the we oversaw the Bird Ogden Arena, we oversaw mm-hmm. HEB Park, uh, oversaw the DHR Wellness Center, uh, three facilities in Edinburgh, and then yeah. of course the uh, the soccer team, the, the Vipers basketball team was kind of a separate entity with some additional owners, um, mm-hmm. but then we oversaw everything else. We oversee the, the sales staff, the marketing staff, the operations team, the housekeeping team, the security team, 
the event services, the food and beverage. So it was a lot of a lot of things. And of course, when I got there, you know, four weeks later, COVID started, and yeah. so the world kind of changed. So it was a lot of adapting. Uh, we had to kind of change our business model from selling mass gatherings, right, to mm-hmm. serving serving our community. Um, so that's why you, when you saw the the uh, not the vaccination drives, we did the vaccination drives later. But the uh, testing drives, COVID nineteen testing drives, the mm-hmm. the food uh, the food bank of the Rio Grande Valley, we had a great partnership with them, where they would do distributions at, at the facility. And then slowly, as we got back to events, we did drive in concerts. Right, we did a drive in concert at, at HB Park, where cars were in the parking lot watching Posada. Uh, mm-hmm. And then slowly, we did socially distanced outdoor concerts at HB Park. So Cody Johnson um, yeah. and Solido. And then um, of course, we got back inside the stadium in sports, and then we had socially distanced seating. Uh, and now, of course, who knows where we go next? Because the world is a strange place. So, yeah, for sure. Now, let's talk about your new position as managing director for the National Independent Soccer Association. What are some of your responsibilities now with the job? And let's talk more about the league itself. Yeah. So the the league is um, it's sanctioned as third division soccer in the United States. Uh, where USL Championship, whereas in before was sanctioned as second division. So, but really, that, that's all that means is the the players are a little bit higher quality than they are mm-hmm. in the third division. Uh, but at the same time, every team is, uh, you know, a sports team is a point of civic pride for a community. So every yeah. sports team is a an opportunity for people to get excited about their community um, and for to come together in unique ways. So that doesn't change the model, whether you're third division, second division, first division, that's what part of your role is. It's just the business side of it changes a little bit. But in terms of like working in sports, um, you know, I'm on the league side now instead of on the team side. So it's a totally different kind of approach. Um, My job is to make sure we put together a competitive league that allows teams and clubs, we call them clubs, not teams, allows Mm -hmm. clubs to thrive. Um, And what's unique about it is we have the open system, which is similar to in Europe where you have promotion and relegation. So in Europe, if you finish in last place of the Premier League in England, you get relegated down to the second tier, which is called the championship. And then if you finish in first place in the championship, that next year you get promoted up. And with that comes a lot of money. So the, one, yeah. of, the richest, one of the richest games in the world is the game that between the two teams trying to get that last spot to get promoted up to the Premier League. So NISA practice believes in the open system promotion relegation and that's what we're building now is we're building an, uh, an amateur soccer pyramid with promotion and relegation so you can go play in your local men's league and mm-hmm. one day earn your way your team earn your way all the way up to professional soccer wow that's awesome yep uh, around the years you have been around soccer what have been some of your favorite moments with the sport Ooh, good question um so many man um you know, in sports, there's just there's certain moments that you'll never forget where you were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when we played, uh, when New Mexico United played the Colorado Rapids in the U.S. Open Cup and we beat them in yeah. Denver in a penalty shootout, that was an amazing moment. Um, you know, we, we then went on to play FC Dallas of MLS. We beat them too. That, that took us to the quarterfinals and we had this really cool trip made possible by a sponsor where we chartered a 747 jet wow and we took 180 new mexicans on a wednesday to minneapolis minnesota for the quarterfinal of the u.s open cup 
That's it was awesome. it was crazy, and I I was the one that organized that trip, so I, I turned into basically like a travel agent for the week, and mm-hmm. uh, we we actually we lost the plane, we 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 had a plane booked and we lost it, and now we had oh, to go we had to, we'd already sold the tickets to the plane, yeah, and, and so we had to go find all you know we we ended up finding a plane that took us to Minnesota, but I'd say probably that was like my most iconic moment in sports, um, in the valley, you know I had many memorable nights that. At HB Park in the arena, um, I think probably the most memorable for me, and it, I'm going to cheat here. Um, it wasn't really a sports thing; it was a concert thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it was that Cody Johnson concert we did. Like we're in the pandemic; we've been in it for almost a year. Everyone's been locked up, and we executed. I think our team was amazing in executing a beautifully socially distanced concert. We yeah. had field field pods, so it was like 12 by 10 foot squares we painted on the soccer fields and people got to stay in those pods. So they were socially distanced. Now, did they all stay in them <laughs> and not interact with other people? No, I w- I'd be lying if I said that, but uh, that just yeah. that, that concert, you know, our team from top to bottom just did such an amazing job. I'm so proud to have been a part of that night. So now with the positions you have been around soccer, what have been the key aspects on being successful with several organizations? So let me understand the question. You're asking, what are the key aspects of being successful with different organizations? Yeah, like with your time around soccer and the different organizations, what are some key aspects you have seen or, or have done to perform successfully? I think it's because I don't take jobs, right? I take mm-hmm. calling. I take callings. Yeah. I take purposes. And so... Everything I've done, like I'm sitting here in my office, I'm looking at the, the scarves of the three soccer teams that I've either started or represented or ran. And you know, each one of them had its own specific purpose. And we lived that purpose each and every day. And every decision we made in the business, whether I was in charge or not, every decision we made in that business was built around that purpose. And as I look at them on my office, as I'm talking to you right now, uh, it's pretty special, actually, to look at each one of them and think back to what, what we thought we were getting into when we started yeah. and then or I started with them and then what what it became and now what it's become today. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty special, actually. But I think it's like having a determination to to be great uh, for your community. And I think, you know, I always preach these three things in sports, being genuine, being authentic and being intentional. So being genuine, like if you're disingenuous, anyone will see right through you. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're not authentic to the, your community, um, you're you're just not going to be successful. If you notice, when I was in the valley, we we kind of changed our approach online and social media to being the valley's team and and be everything. When I got there, I remember asking my staff, "What does it mean to be from the valley?" Because I didn't know. I wasn't going to assume to know. And yeah. they told me, you know, it was about family gatherings. It was about backyard barbecues. It was about uh, margaritas it was about cervezas mm-hmm. and music and dancing you know all right well what music do you do you play at a backyard barbecue and and so if anyone that came to that first toros game of the 2021 season they noticed a different vibe around the mm-hmm. stadium because it felt like a backyard barbecue um, yeah. that people were coming to so um, and then and then the last one being intentional so being intentional with everything that you do in the organization don't just do stuff for the sake of checking a box you know do stuff with meaning and if you're, if you're you know, going to do a meeting and you think you're going to have 20 people there, 
and you only have two people there, screw it. Don't get pissed off about that. Focus yeah. on those two people and make the best that you can out of it. Mm. Be intentional. Be intentional with everything that you do. So genuine, authentic, intentional, and then having purpose behind everything. Uh, don't take a job, right? Yeah. Take a take a purpose. And yeah. if you live and if you live that purpose, you'll enjoy your job that much more because it's not a job, it's it's living a purpose. Yeah, for sure. Now, myself, a kid who grew up around watching sports instead of being outside and uh, just doing whatever. Um, and now as an adult working in them, I think one of the key factors in sports is the fans. And so let's talk about your time around communities when it comes to talking about soccer and how important it is. So the question is, uh, talk about the fans in the communities that I've worked in? Yeah, talk about how important it is for you and other people to get engaged with fans. Yeah, so there's, there's two answers to that question, right? There's the business answer, and then there's, there's the um, just the purpose answer, I guess. So the business answer is if fans aren't engaged, they're not going to buy your products and services, you know, which are tickets, mm -hmm. merchandise. And if they don't buy the tickets and the merchandise, then no one's going to be there. The sponsors won't buy the sponsorships. So that's, I'll give you the, the quick answer, which is the business. But in terms of the fan significance for the purpose, I mean, wh what are you really, if, if you're working for a sports team, what is a sports team really doing, right? It's, its purpose is not to make a profit yeah. uh, because, because first of all, most sports teams don't make a profit, but the purpose is to bring a community together. So, I think the best example is probably New Mexico United that I'll give for that for this answer is, you know, our, our mission statement was to, to bring New Mexicans together in ways they've never experienced before. And, and if you notice, yeah. it didn't say anything about soccer in there. And mm -hmm. as we kicked off that first season and, you know, I remember when we wrote our budget, we thought it was going to be 6,000 fans a game. Um, and we ended up averaging 13,000. So we doubled it. So we told all our sponsors we were going to have 6,000 a game and wow. we doubled the expectations. And so then I started trying to figure out, okay, what is it? What, what is it we've done so well, right? Or maybe we're just mm -hmm. lucky. What is it that's really making this thing go? So the more and more I looked at it and the more and more I studied it and talked to people is I realized people weren't there for soccer. They were there for community. They were there for New Mexico. Um, and there's a great TED talk out there. If you haven't seen it, and I encourage anyone listening to go listen to it uh, by a guy named Simon Sinek. And the TED Talk is called Start With Why. And it's a 17-minute uh, TED Talk. It'll change your life. And I used, you know, since I, I first got it, a hold of that back in 2013. And ever since then, every business I've been involved with, I've made all my employees watch it. When I was in the Valley, actually, we did a town hall, all 100 of our employees at the arena. And I, yeah. put, it up on, I put it up on the scoreboard at the Bird Ogden Arena, the video board, and mm -hmm. made all of our employees watch it because it's such a great wow. video. And it talks about people don't do things you know, for other people, they do things for themselves. And that's not to say people are selfish. It's just to mean that like, if they believe in something and you believe in something, then they're going to be engaged. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what really worked about New Mexico United was, is we believed that New Mexico was a great place. Even though we're always told New Mexico always finishes last in everything, right? We're 49th out of 50th in education. We're, yeah. we're, top, we're top of the bad lists and bottom of the good. And it's funny because you call a call center in New Mexico and you get someone on the East Coast and they then try to transfer you to the international department because they don't realize that New Mexico is a state. They think mm. that we're calling from Mexico. And it's kind of funny, but then as, as a New Mexican, 
you get you build up this chip on your shoulder that yeah. people are just like why why don't you know new mexico's a state like come on and so new mexicans are constantly told you're not good enough you're not good enough you're not good enough what this team was able to do was change people's mind on that and say you know yeah. what we are good enough we do deserve the nice things and um people people in new mexico they're they're uh, masked um, by negative negativity and complacency. And what mm -hmm. New Mexico United really did for people in terms of a fan perspective is it removed that mask, even if it was just for 90 minutes. It removed that mask and the pride of New Mexico shines through. And you see it in every New Mexico United home game. I go, I go to the games now, living back in Albuquerque as a season ticket holder. And the mm -hmm. energy, every single person in that stadium is cheering for New Mexico. And 60% yeah. of them couldn't even tell you what offsides is. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And that's okay, right? Because they're fans. And, yeah. and they, they bought their ticket to be there. They supported the team. They're putting that energy into it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's now New Mexico had his job to give them a, a product back. And they've had a tough go on the field lately. They've had five straight draws. They haven't won a game in a while. Um, yeah. I know they're, they're going to turn around, but these are the, the times that really test sports teams. But I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, for sure. Now, this next question is a two-part question. First, why soccer? I asked that because soccer first started at, out very slow in the United States yep. and recently has hit a high interest when it comes to sport. I think it's ranked seventh now um, overall in sports. And so what have you seen when it comes to the, the development of the sport? it's totally different right so I, I first of all why soccer i grew up in england around soccer mm -hmm. soccer's been my life since i was a kid that's why soccer um but but what i when i first got to the united states i was uh 12 years old i think 1992 <clears throat> and i first got here and you, you couldn't even catch i couldn't even find a liverpool game on tv yeah. you know and now we're at the point where there's too many games on the weekend. Like if I watched all the games I want to, I wouldn't be married anymore because my wife would <laughs> tell me to take my married my wife would tell me to take a hike because there's just so many games on and there's yeah. so much soccer can on TV. So I think what it is is you know when I first got to the states, um, everyone my age, their parents had never played soccer. They didn't understand soccer. They didn't know what anything was about. Now, you know, mm -hmm. I all the people that I went to middle school and high school where they're all the parents of the kids and sometimes some of them becoming grandparents and we all played soccer or we're around soccer yeah so there's so much more of a familiarity with it and you say we're behind well that's because you know the game of soccer was invented excuse me in england in the uh, in the early 1800s um so they've got a hundred year head start on us yeah. by the time it really caught on in england was the late 1800s so they've really had a hundred year head start on us so um, I think it's just beautiful to see the game grow. Um, it's really cool. Like, you know, if, if anyone listening is looking to get into sports, I, I strongly recommend soccer. Like when I was in the Valley, I recruited a, a gentleman that was working baseball for 20 years. Um, super knowledgeable guy. Like, you know, there's an old saying, you hire people that are better than you. I hired this guy because he was clearly better than me. And, and I knew that by hiring him, he was going to make our organization better but he'd only worked in baseball. And he's like, I know nothing about soccer. Uh, by the time, you know, by the time I left, he was, he's now like a soccer fanatic. He got hooked on it. Wow. And yeah. he, his wife was asking like, you're watching soccer? What, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and it was because, you know, soccer just has that, that ability to, to bring people together and, and spark emotions in people that never, 
never you knew were there. Like you wouldn't mm-hmm. recognize me during a soccer, you know, a Liverpool game or an England game, um, you know, an RGV game, a New Mexico United game. You wouldn't recognize me because I'm a mm-hmm. different person. Yeah. I'm a, the, the professional run, you know, goes out the window. I'm there focused on my club and we need three points. So, yeah. Now, final question. What advice do you have for those who want to continue working around sports like myself or those who have the interest to pursue a career and love of sports? So the, the advice, the, the best advice someone ever gave me, okay, was never to take advice from anybody, <laughs> but to learn from their experiences, okay? Mm-hmm. So the, the experience that I can share with you um, is for you and anyone listening that wants to go into sports and wants to continue in sports is just understand that sports is a lot of work, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you work more hours than most other industries, and you generally are not have the ability to make as much money as other industries unless you exceed and do excel really well on the sales side. Um, yeah. sometimes, on, sometimes on the marketing side too. So if you can do really, really well on the sales side, you can sell a lot, you can generate a lot of revenue, you can make a decent, a, a very good living in sports. Yeah. Um, other, otherwise, a lot of the jobs that people take in sports are not going to be as well paid as other jobs where there's less hours and more normalized hours. Mm-hmm. So I don't say that to scare anybody. I just say, because I'm a realist and I want people to understand what they're getting into. However, all that work you put into it is just so worth it on a, on a game day or on an event day when you walk into that facility and you see the smiles on people's faces. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, uh, I remember writing an article for Golden Grape Entertainment, our, the company in the Valley that we worked, that I worked with. Um, they asked me to write a, an article introducing myself when I first got there. And I'm mm-hmm. writing the article saying, you know, every event that I produce, I've produced you know, hundreds of events throughout my career. And every event I take, I take five minutes to just stop working during the event, walk out to the crowd, turn around and just look. And you see that granddaughter with that grandfather that don't yeah. usually get to spend time together. That husband and wife that ignore each other at home while they're watching Netflix. And the kids just take up all their time, but they have a babysitter that night and they're kissing and they're hugging and they're enjoying the live entertainment that they're, they take. Yeah. <clears throat> There's nothing more special than that moment and getting to see people take that moment in with those that they love. So while it is very hard work and it's not always the highest paying job in terms of fulfillment, mm-hmm. you learn so much from sports. It keeps you active, keeps you on your toes. Um, you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, and if you're going to be better at anything in your career, you got to keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. um, and take a risk and take a chance. And it's just, you know, it's not a, yes, it's great when your team wins. Okay. Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about the, the smiles and it's about the emotions that you get to produce for people, the moments, right? We're in the yeah. moments business. We produce moments for people. And that's what sports is. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Yeah, for sure. Again, Mr. Ron Patel, thank you for the opportunity and time to speak with you. And I wish you the very best in the future. And to you too. And uh, look, I'm, I'm very, I'm an open book. So if you or anyone listening, I think you can attest, right? I think you reached out to me via LinkedIn or email. I can't remember, um, you know, any, anytime. If you have a question, you need, you know, want to know something about your career, I'm always happy to help. People help me get to where I'm at and I'm always happy to help people as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not always available on the phone or in person if I'm in a meeting or on a Zoom yeah. or something, but uh, email or LinkedIn, look me up on LinkedIn, I don't know, Ron Patel, 
um, and then uh, my emails through my LinkedIn account. So just just send me a note on LinkedIn. Just connect with me and and uh, put in the in the little connection like that you 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 listen to the podcast or whatever. And I'm happy to help anyone that's that's looking to further their career in sports or in any career, in any industry for that matter. Yes, for sure. We'll do that. All right. Nice chat with you, Casey.